There is also a great deal of similarity between the mythologies of many ancient cultures, and this is discussed in greater depth in Chapter 4. In this section, we discuss how these cultures first came into being. In many ancient cultures, there seems to have been a rather sudden start to their civilizations. That is to say, these people lived, or rather existed, quite comfortably, close to and dependent upon nature, concerning themselves with hunting and agriculture, a way of life enhanced with the use of fire and eased by an application of knowledge of the seasons. Across the world and within most of these societies, shortly after the end of the Ice Age, there seems to have been a spurt when they suddenly started believing in a god or omniscient entity and felt the impulse to build rather large structures made from incredibly large stones. There are many legendary or mythological accounts where a migration of people from other countries beyond the native shores are associated with the building of these large structures on these sites. This seems to lead to a similarity of structures in sites, sometimes thousands of miles apart, where there could have been no apparent previous communication. In certain ancient texts, accounts of these migrations often refer to the flood that destroyed their own countries and where only a handful of survivors escaped. With the Khmer people of Cambodia, there are many beautiful temples to be found today, for example, Angkor Wat, Angkor Tom, and Bayon, among others. It must be noted here that, standing in front of a number of the Cambodian temples, one could easily imagine standing in front of any number of Mayan temples. Such are the similarities in structure between these cultures who, by our traditional understanding, had no contact with each other. This sudden temple building in Cambodia was started in the 9th century CE and was continued for approximately 420 years by a succession of leaders by the name of Jayavaraman, the first of which came from across the sea. In the South Pacific, Nanmadal is an ancient site on the island of Pohnpei, the capital of the Federated States of Micronesia. It consists of 92 man-made islands covering 150 acres made out of basalt. The hexagonal stone logs of the major constructions are up to 25 feet in length, 25 feet high, weigh approximately 50 tons each and remain an archaeological mystery. Recent discoveries below the tidal level show that the site was occupied as early as 200 BCE. The origin of the basalt stones is unknown, and the hexagonal shape is natural and not man-made. According to Graham Hancock in his book Heaven's Mirror, these people recount a legend that the canals separating their temples were originally dredged by a dragon, which offered its assistance to Olasopa and Olasipa, the two mythical founders of the city. These two were said to be Anai Aramash, primordial god-kings who arrived in boats from a land to the west, bringing with them a sacred ceremony. On Easter Island, on which the Moai statues described previously are sighted, a potent supernatural being by the name of Yoke came from a place called Hiva, a mysterious island of enormous size which had suffered a great cataclysm and was submerged below the sea. A group of some 300 survivors from Hiva then set sail to seek out the island, Easter Island. 
It is said in one account that a reconnaissance voyage had previously been made by seven sages to prepare the island for settlement. In Egypt, there are also seven sages. These are depicted in the Temple of Edfu, which dates back to 2500 BCE, who fled from a far-off land, allegedly an island home of the primeval ones that had been destroyed by the flood. The task of these sages was to construct sacred mounds at key locations within Egypt. Perhaps one and the same were the Shemshu Hor, the followers of Horus, semi-divine beings who settled in the Nile Valley in the remote past in the early primeval age. From the Egyptian Book of the Dead, there is a reference to the primeval fathers and mothers who arose from the celestial waters. It states, Under the influence of Thoth, or that form of divine intelligence, which created the world by a word, eight elements, four male and four female, arose out of the primeval Nu, the celestial waters. Collectively were called the Kemenu, or the Eight, and were considered as primeval fathers and mothers. In Mexico, there is the legend of Quetzalcoatl, as named by the Aztecs, or Kulkulkan, as described by the Maya. Kulkulkan is depicted as a plumed or feathered serpent, and can be found on many of the Mayan and Aztec temple sites. In this culture, we also find seven individuals, as can be identified by figures found at the remote site of Zibil Chaltun and as reliefs at the temple site of Ekbalam. Indeed, in the sacred book of the Maya, the Purple Vu, it speaks of peoples coming from the east. It states, It is not quite clear, however, how they crossed the sea. They crossed to this side, as if there was no sea, they crossed on stones placed in a row over the sand. For this reason, they were called stones in a row, sand under the sea, names given to them when they crossed the sea, the waters having parted when they passed. In the Chilambalam, another collection of Mayan texts, it speaks of the first inhabitants of the Yucatan, known as the Chenis, or People of the Serpent, also having come across the water from the east in their boats with their leader, Zamna, also known as Itzamna, Serpent of the East, a healer who could cure by the laying on of hands. The Popol Vuh also refers to the Flood, when it says, Truly there are clear examples of those people who were drowned, and their nature is that of supernatural beings. And as Bishop Las Casas says in his commentary on the Popol Vuh, they, the Maya, believe that certain persons who escaped the Flood populated their lands, and they were called the Great Father and the Great Mother. Of the Hopi tribe of North America, the Kashina people came into the fourth world. They were not people, but spirits, having taken the form of people to give help and guidance to other clans. The Hopi believed that the third world was also brought to conclusion by a flood. It was said that waters were loosed upon the earth and that waves higher than mountains rolled in upon the land. Continents broke asunder and sank beneath the seas. In Chinese culture, there are the mythical and legendary kings, the first of which, Fu He, settled in Shenxi. According to myths and legends of China, this mythical hero was the offspring of a miraculous conception and had dealings with dragons. Like the Babylonian Ea, a Mesopotamian deity, he instructed people how to live civilized lives. Before Fuhi came, it was written, 
They lived like animals and kept records by knotted cords, and he instructed them in the mysteries of lineal figures, which had a mystic significance. He also instructed the people to worship spirits. In some accounts of the earlier period, Fuhi is succeeded by his sister Nukwa, the heroine of the flood. Within the Taoist religion, there are descriptions of the eight immortals, as described by the Pa Sien, one of the most popular representations in China. E.T.C. Werner, in his book Myths and Legends of China, discusses the Pa Sien, an illustrated account of the eight immortals' mission to the east. Werner writes that the phrase Pa Sien refers to the eight immortals crossing the sea, and that the usual mode of celestial locomotion was discarded by Lu Yen, who recommended that they should show the infinite variety of their talents by placing things on the surface of the sea and stepping on them. This is an account not dissimilar to the account by the Maya in the Popol Vuh. In Peru and of the Incas, there is the venerated Viracocha, meaning Lake of Creation, and also referred to as Ilya, or Light, a bearded man, universal creator and master of all. He made humankind, first by creating a generation of giants, whom he turned into stone when they displeased him. The remainder were dispatched by a great flood that inundated the world. Within Mesopotamian mythology, Atrahasis, meaning extremely wise, who also appears in the Gilgamesh epic, is named on a list of Sumerian kings, showing those who ruled before the flood and those who ruled afterwards. He, like Noah, was chosen to survive a deluge and to build a ship and to fill it with pairs of animals. In India, there are the seven sages or the seven rishis who are the authors of the Vedas from the Sanskrit word Veda, meaning knowledge or wisdom, and one of the sacred books of the Hindus from the 5th century BCE. According to legend, the Rishis were men of extraordinary creativity and magical powers, and much of Sanskrit literature is devoted to accounts of their supernatural powers, including flying. Rishi literally means seer, a Hindu saint or sage, and of these, the Saptarshi, the seven seers, are particularly prominent. The length of the Brahma or Hindu cycle or era lasts some 306,720,000 years, according to the Encyclopedia Britannica. Each is divided into 14 manvantaras, over which presides a manu, or teacher. Each manvantaras is followed by a deluge, a flood, which destroys existing continents and swallows up all living things, except for a few who are preserved for the repopulating of the earth. In Greek mythology, there is the account of Deucalion and Pyrrha, who survived a great deluge, having been forewarned by Prometheus, in a ship that was well provided with food and came to rest on the peak of Mount Parnassus. In addition to all of these, there are further examples of such similarities and overlapping of myth by ancient cultures, between which there should have been no transmission of information. These include serpents or dragons, as in Chinese mythology, the underworld and cycles or eras of civilization and existence. Of the latter, previous eras or cycles were renewed, and this point was marked by a calamity. An example of this is in the parallel between the Greek five successive ages of man and the Maya with their five worlds. 
In many cultures of antiquity, there seems to have been a rather sudden start to their civilizations. To put it into perspective, Forbidden History by J. Douglas Kenyon asks us to take Egypt as an example. From 5000 BCE, the end of the Epipaleolithic years, the period between the hunter-gatherers and the village-dwelling cultures, this agrarian society progressed from stone axes, flint arrowheads and pottery to quarrying and moving and placing 200-ton stones as the foundation of a 480-foot-high pyramid, approximately the height of a 50-story building including 70-ton rocks hoisted to a level of 175 feet. Moreover, there seems to be no precedent, no discernible stages of development that led to this ultimate physical achievement. In fact, these ancient cultures all seem to recount the time when these changes took place by pointing to influencing figures that were affected by a flood and arrived on their shores. We might be able to find immediate and comfortable explanation should such an event occur surly between Mesopotamia and Greece, for instance, where, due to their geographical proximity, there could have been communication of this knowledge. This, however, is absolutely not the case. We find a diffusion of particularly similar knowledge between cultures which were in existence and location remote from each other and which, by our traditional understanding, would have had no interaction between each other.